A very good morning to you. It is Tuesday the 21st of February and you're welcome to Galway Talks with me, John Morley. Coming up on the show today, Joe Bizet is to set to visit Ireland in the April. Connecting Ireland plan must be accelerated to address Galway public transport issues. We'll also be looking at uh, the update on the Moycullen Bypass roadworks. It's meant to be moving a bit better this morning. People in Galway view early years education as equally important to primary or secondary education and care. We'll be hearing from Francis Byrne on that issue. The merit of government ministers travelling across the Globe for St. Patrick's Day is being questioned by one of our listeners. We'll have your gather slot. We'll also be hearing from comedian John Cleary. All that plus lots, lots more on Goy Talks between now and 12 midday. A very good morning to you and you're very welcome into today's programme. If you want to get in touch with us, you can on our text and WhatsApp number. That's 086-38-33553. That's brought to you by Rationale Windows, bringing together daylight, beauty and warmth to truly amplify your home. You can also get in touch with the programme on our phone line. That's 0917 Trays is on reception to take your comments. And also you can email us at comments at goibayfm.ie and Darren Kelly will bring me all of your messages. Now, though, I want to start the show on a bit of a sad note today because news broke to us all here in Galway Bay FM yesterday that our colleague and presenter of Galway Talks, Keith Finnegan, his mother, Mary Finnegan, passed away yesterday after, um, I suppose, a difficult uh, battle the last few days. I, of course, have been covering uh, on and off since last Wednesday for Keith. But I'd like to say and and pass our sincere condolences from all here at Galway Bay FM, from for myself personally as well, to Keith and all the family and friends that are affected by this loss. We're thinking of them at this time um, and we we just, we like to keep them in our prayers at this time uh, on the sad passing of Mary Finnegan or Yesh J. Garev Ahanam. And I also am very conscious as well. We're broadcasting from Bohermore and we heard in our death notices there that Tommy Lawless of Bohermore has passed away and we will be including a tribute to him on Friday's programme as well. Now though I want to move on this morning and we're going to look at an article that was in the Irish Examiner yesterday and it's that Joe Biden looks set to plan a visit to Ireland this April. Now, there's been a lot of speculation about this in recent days, but I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line by Councillor Mogi Maher. Councillor Mogi, good morning to you. Good morning, John. Uh, Councillor Mogi Maher, is this a shock to us here that, that by President Joe Biden is set to plan a visit to Ireland? Uh, it's not, John. It's media speculation, I suppose, for the last couple of months to say that the President was going to visit Ireland. Uh, I got in contact with Keith at that time in connection with the Ballina Corte. Uh, the nearest relation of Joe Biden is living there in Ordmore, and, and the DNA will prove that. And we have wrote to President Biden inviting him to come to Ireland. Uh, there was speculation he was coming around the Good Friday Agreement. Uh, that's not confirmed yet because I spoke with the department um, late last week. Um, but we're hoping that he will come to Galway and come to his nearest relations and, and there, the Hannity's there in Ballina Corte in Ordmore. Just to give everyone the wider context of what we're talking about here, this is in relation to an article yesterday in the Irish Examiner. They said that initial planning has begun for U.S. President Joe Biden to visit Ireland with officials hoping he will come here in April. Now, it's understood that Mr. Biden could arrive in April to mark the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. Senior sources have said that Mr. Biden is likely to visit Belfast, Dublin and County Mayo on an official state visit. Now, there is speculation, though, that that visit to Mayo could be more so on a personal capacity. There is notably no mention of Galway though, Councillor Mogi Maher. 
There's not, unfortunately, John. And uh, I suppose all we could do and all I could do as mayor was write to him and invite him. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to contact um, Billy Lawless, who is over there. Uh, very close contacts with everybody in America. And I'm going to ask Billy to officially ask him to come to Galway that we can prove that his nearest relation is in Ballinacorty, that the house is still livable, um, and they would love to see President Biden visit Galway. Wouldn't we love to claim him back from Mayo and Loud that everybody else is claiming him from? Just remind us, because you were on the show, as you mentioned there, back on the 7th of February uh, in relation to this, and you told us that uh, the President's roots in Mary and in Balnacorthy and Ormore, uh, they, they very much uh, make any potential visit a county gig here in Galway. Remind us of th- those links. Well, it's the third generation. Um, seemingly, his fourth generation was in Mayo, and his fifth connection was in Loud. So this is the nearest connection to Joe Biden for a relative um, that he can trace back through the DNA, and that is Mr. Liam Hannafy. Um, and he has all the details, he has all the DNA done, he has everything done to prove that he is the nearest relation of Joe Biden. So we're hoping that Joe, the president will, will take that up and say, I'd like to see my nearest relations, home, roots, and everything else. Um, they went to America back in the 1800s, um, and the history is all there. I, I don't have it with me. John, as you know, I'm driving to Dublin um, and just pulled in the hard shoulder at the moment. But um, I certainly can get more information for you. Uh, I will follow up to make sure that if he's coming to Ireland, that he will come and visit Galway. Um, but I won't be able to do that until next week. Yeah. It's remarkable, really. Biden's great-great-grandfather was a Balnacorty man born in 1815 named John Hannafy. And the cottage he was born in, it still stands there and it's it's still occupied by the Hanafi family. So there would be, I suppose, a real genuine um, link back to his ancestral homeland here in Galway. Absolutely, John. And wouldn't it be great to, to get that link back with, with, with Galway and the United States and the President of America? I know before he had uh, joked that his, uh, thankfully his relations were in Mayo rather than Galway. He'd have to take that back now. He'll have to eat those words, I think, now, John. <laughs> Absolutely. What sort of a boost would it be if, because it would be very easy for the president to swing by Galway if he was going to Mayo anyways, what kind of a boost would it be to the whole county if he was to able to go back to Balnacorthy and maybe even do a visit to the city as well? Oh, God, John, you'll be talking millions. Can't you imagine everybody that would like to see the president of America visit our country? Everybody, I think, would nearly have a national day off to make sure that everybody could see him and, and salute him and say hello and whatever else. Um, but it would be absolutely brilliant for Galway to have that connection with, with the President of, of America. And it could be very timely too on another front because I see news breaking there this morning that it looks like a deal is on the cusp of being made in terms of the Northern Ireland Protocol as well. That's right, John. That's right. And wouldn't we love to see that happen? Wouldn't it be great to have a 32-county um, republic again? Be brilliant. All right, Councillor Mogi Maher, I know you're, you're busy there, you're on the road to Dublin, but thank you for joining us uh, to talk about this uh, momentous news. Uh, still, we must uh, add with caution, very much speculation by, by one newspaper there, but if it does come to be, it is momentous news for Galway. Councillor Mogi Maher, thank you for joining us on Galway Talks. And, and John, before I leave, can I just sympathise with Keith and all yeah. his family on the passing of his mother as well? And um, just, just make my sympathies for, for Keith and all his family members. 
Absolutely, they're very much in our thoughts and prayers this morning. Councillor Mogi Maher joining us there on his way to Dublin there on Galway Talk. Still to come on the programme today, though, we'll be looking next at the Connecting Ireland plan. Uh, there's a call for it to be accelerated to address Galway public transport issues. That and lots, lots more coming up between now and 12 midday. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. A very good morning to you. Welcome back into today's programme. Now, we had plenty of texts on the show there yesterday, indeed, asking who was the winner of the Win a Home in Salt Hill competition. Now, I can tell you, we do have the results. They came in on Sunday there. So, the Win a Home in Salt Hill go in association with Castlegard GA Club started back in October the 17th. The fundraising event finished on Sunday night after 129 days with a draw ceremony at the Galway Bay Hotel. The winner of the incredible new apartment worth €300,000 in Salt Hill was Aoife Rin from Lahinch in County Clare. She's a University of Limerick student studying bioscience and living at home with her parents and she's 25. In all, the club raised over €1.4 million Euro with proceeds going towards their newly built state-of-the-art Aurus in Castlegar. The club is also making donations to Goa Hospice, the Goa Rape Crisis Centre and to two local churches. Huge thanks to all those who bought a ticket and supported the event and to all local businesses who helped along the way. Tickets were bought in all 32 counties, right across Europe, Asia and Australia and in 45 states across the USA. And they even sold a ticket to someone on Christmas Island. The draw committee comprised of John Connolly, the outgoing chair, Magella King, the secretary, Liam Dillene, the vice chair, and known, uh, Tony Neary, club member, Michelle Higgins, the vice treasurer, Aidan Brady, the club Rossi, and Cormac Donoghue, Gel Marketing, and Paul Burns Media as well. And just a reminder today on the competition, all day this week we're giving away each day a €100 euro voucher for, for Mubles in Briar Hill Business Park in Ballybrit. And just stay a little uh, tuned a little later on at the 10 o'clock hour, I'll be giving you the details of how you can win that competition there. It's a €100 euro voucher for Mubles that can be used in store or at the Mubles Cafe as well. So we'll be giving you more details on that a little later on because we're feeling very generous indeed this week as well. Now though, I want to turn our attention though to the Connecting Ireland plan. There's a call for it to be accelerated to address Galway public transport issues. We're joined on the line by Galway East Sinn Féin's Louis O'Hara. Louis, you're very welcome onto the programme. Good morning, John. Thanks for having me. Louis, call, uh, talk to us about this uh, call from yourselves there in Gawish in Fain for the Connecting Ireland plan to be accelerated. Yeah, so I suppose look at last Friday, um, our Sinn Féin transport spokesperson, uh, Darren O'Rourke, visited Galway uh, and I joined him on his visit to Bus Aaron in the city. Uh, we met with the regional manager there. We had a very positive engagement. Um, I suppose as someone from rural East Galway, I have a particular interest in public transport. Uh, I think it's so important for mobility of people in rural Ireland um, and for revitalising the West and addressing regional imbalance. Um, so I was, kind of, I was glad to get the opportunity to raise a few different issues at that meeting. Uh, like We focus mainly on issues with bus air and services across the county uh, because people have been raising concerns with us uh, quite regularly, uh, especially a lack of capacity on services and the frequency of them. Um, so, for example, there have been issues in Gort in recent times. Uh, bus air and services to the city have been passing through the town uh, already full and people are being left stranded. Uh, and the same in other towns and villages on that route. Um, and there's been similar issues at times on the bus air and service serving uh, Convera. Um, I suppose obviously that sends completely the wrong message to people. 
at a time when everybody is, you know, being encouraged to use public transport. Uh, and it's usually frustrating for people, you know, to just be left on the side of the road. Um, so at that meeting, we were told that Bus Aaron have been uh, engaging with the NTA on this uh, further support that they need to enable them to deliver uh, additional capacity on some of those routes. Um, and, you know, that's welcome, but these issues have been ongoing for some time now. Uh, and we really need the NTA and government to start taking these issues seriously uh, because they're not unique to those areas and services that I mentioned. Uh, it's a widespread problem. Um, I suppose the other key issue that we, we brought up was uh, the absence of a, a publicly operated bus service uh, for Loch Ray since the cancellation of uh, the old 20x20 route uh, in 2021. And that also served a number of other towns and villages across East Galway. Um, and like Bus Aaron pulled that expressway route uh, because they said it wasn't uh, financially viable for them anymore. And uh, that was in the middle of COVID when there obviously weren't as many people using public transport. Uh, so it was a very short-sighted decision. Uh, and we've been constantly lobbying the NTA for a replacement PSO bus service on that route. Uh, but they've told us that the route uh, is adequately served by the uh, existing, like the likes of the private bus companies, which operate services there. Um but I suppose the big problem is the last bus leaving Galway for Loch Ray on weekday evenings is at 6pm, um, which doesn't suit many workers and students. Uh, services are often full. One person actually said to me, it's it's like a rugby scrum getting on some of those buses. Um, so people who work later shifts, students who have evening lectures, people who have hospital appointments, they're all left kind of high and dry by the lack of evening services. Uh, and not everybody is in a position to drive and lots of people are missing out on you know, work and educational opportunities as a result. Um, so, you know, to say Lockray is adequately served already is wrong. Uh, but look, the decision was made to cancel that service, but I felt it was important uh, to kind of outline the impact that its cancellation had on people. Um, and it's it's down to the government and NTA now really to ensure that that service is replaced. Um, obviously, Bus Aaron as the service provider uh, would be a key stakeholder in that too. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's connecting Ireland, which is going to really be vital uh, in ensuring that. Now, I believe we did have some movement on this as recently as yesterday. As many as seven new or enhanced bus routes in Galway have been included as part of government's Connecting Ireland Rural Mobility Plan. The bus routes will serve towns including Hedford, Currandulla, Clifton and Carrow, while improving links between Galway City and locations such as Ennis and Mount Bellew. And overall, 67 new bus routes are set to improve rural connectivity across the country, with the investment under the scheme more than doubling from €4 million Euro to €8.5 million this year. Do you welcome that, Louis? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely welcome any um, any investment in public transport in the county. Uh, and just to explain to people, like the plan is about uh, expanding rural public transport, mainly through bus air and local link. Um, and look at it, it's a very welcome plan. It has broad political support, including from Sinn Féin. Uh, like it would, it would address the capacity issues on some of those services that I mentioned Um but like the the main issue is that the funding of it and the rollout of it has been far too slow. Um, like, just four million was invested in the plan in twenty twenty two, didn't even meet the government's very limited target of five point six million. Um, now I know it's been increased to eight eight point three five million uh, for twenty twenty three. Um, but we don't think that's anywhere near enough. Uh, what is needed, like in our own alternative budget, uh, that we publish every year. Like last year, we provided for. Uh, 25 million investment in Connecting Ireland in 2023. So that would have accelerated the delivery of, of new routes in a quicker time frame um, because we, we strongly believe that expanding public transport options 
uh, is going to be key to sustain in rural communities across Galway and across the state. Uh, and like if we're trying to encourage people to get out of cars, to reduce emissions and to use public transport, uh, they have to be provided with the options to do so. Like It makes no sense to be... We've always taken the approach in this country, I think, of punishing people with things like carbon tax rises when the alternatives just aren't there, uh, especially in the west of Ireland. Um, so like we're saying very clearly that the minister and the NTA need to accelerate the timeline for Connecting Ireland uh, and allocate more funding to expand rural bus services as soon as possible. Because like I said, that would address many of the, the issues that I outlined there earlier on. Um, and like it, providing adequate public transport, like it's so important for all parts of rural communities and like especially for older people, people with disabilities, uh, people who rely on public transport to to get to work or to access healthcare or um, different services. Uh, like it's huge for addressing rural isolation, uh, which is a significant problem, especially for more vulnerable people. Uh, and it's mainly a problem in rural Ireland and the west of Ireland. Uh, and, you know, we have to remember we're not second class citizens here. We deserve quality public services, uh, okay. the same as people uh, in any other part of the country. Yeah. No, it's definitely one that's still at the very forefront of a lot of people's attention. But I want to move on now because I know there's a call from Sinn Féin uh, to extend the eviction ban until the end of the year and for uh, emergency action to be taken during the time being to tackle rising homelessness. Uh, talk to us about this, uh, Louis, because I know uh, your, your Sinn Féin spokesperson and housing owner, Bryn, was actually in Goa yesterday and he was a guest at the Roll of Honour book launch. He was, yeah, that's right. Um, I suppose to to speak on the eviction ban, um, like that is um, that ban is going to end shortly, uh, and it's going to be an absolute disaster. Um, you're going to have a huge cliff edge there, where um, I'd say thousands of people across the state are going to end up um, being evicted. And like, what, we wanted to extend it uh, to prevent that from happening because, like, you have a situation at the moment where there's actually a waiting list for emergency accommodation. That's how bad um, the housing situation has gotten. Um, so you'll end up with hundreds and thousands of, of people um, literally on the streets if um, if this uh, eviction ban isn't extended. Like we're contacted by people uh, constantly um, who are so, so worried um, that when the eviction ban ends, they're going to have nowhere to go. Um, because as everybody knows, uh, there's absolutely nothing uh, available to rent um, across the city or county or anywhere in the state um, at the moment. Um, but what's crucial is like it's it's no good to just extend the eviction ban and not take any further action on housing because we'll just end up in the same situation at the end of the year. Like what we need is um, significant delivery uh, of public and affordable housing uh, if we're going to drive down house prices uh, and rents. Like the government have been very, very slow to deliver um, on social and affordable housing. They've missed their own targets, uh, which are you know nowhere near what's needed um, to begin with. Um, so look at Sinn Féin, if we were in government, what we've committed to is 20,000 uh, public and affordable homes a year. That's the kind of scale of what's needed um, to address the housing crisis. And it's only that uh, that will address the housing crisis, not schemes about that are about... Um, sort of subsidising developers. It's it's the, the private market solutions haven't worked up until now. We need the state to take the lead uh, on delivering housing. Um, and that needs to happen in tandem with um, an eviction ban and with supports for renters. It can't happen. Um, the eviction ban can't happen just on its own. We need, we need um, uh, you know, a, a kind of 
kind of a rounded approach to housing to tackle all of these issues. Mm. And uh, the actual book launch last night, were you there or what was the crowd like? Uh, I wasn't actually there. I was actually in Ballinasloe um, okay. because I know I know Chris McManus, our MEP, was, oh, yeah. uh, was on your show yesterday yeah. um, speaking about that meeting. I actually attended that meeting as well. Um, so unfortunately, I missed the, the role of honour book launch. I was sorry to miss it now because uh, I know a lot of work has gone into that book um, from people um, in Galway and Fein. And I'd encourage people to, if they have an interest in, in history and in the um, the conflict 100 years ago, to to uh, pick up a copy of that book because it gives detailed accounts of um, every uh, every volunteer who lost their lives in Galway during that time period. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, just on the on the public meeting last night then that I attended, it was it was well attended in Ballinasloe, and I suppose there was a lot of different issues um, discussed. Mm-hmm. Rural transport actually was one of the key issues that was um, discussed. That a lot of people, um, you know, really um, felt that um, there was no public transport available to them. Like there's almost nothing in in, in rural parts of Galway, um, and agri- agricultural issues as well featured quite strongly. Um, but yeah, it was a very productive meeting and wasn't uh, lots of good feedback for us to take away from it. Yeah. And just on the, the role of Honour Book um, last night, the launch of it, I, I know I interviewed uh, Jim Ward and Martin Concannon at the end of the programme yesterday and I made the point to, to Jim that uh, f- fair enough that the role of Honour Book, it's, a, it's, a, it's done by Sinn Féin and it's very much just the Republican uh, side of the history and, and that's who's featured in it, the ones who died on the purely Republican side. Um, I made a wider point though that would go with Sinn Féin be willing to attend even other national commemorations of, of nationalist leaders who died maybe on a pro-treaty side of that and... It, I might have picked him up wrong. It appeared to be a no from him. Uh, is that Sinn Féin's stance in, in Galway in general? Look, uh, we, we, we have a particular view on what happened during that time period, um, you know, from 1916 up to 23-24. Um, like, you know, obviously, I suppose we were all on the one side up until um, up until um, the signing of the treaty. Um, we don't think it would be appropriate really to um, you know, commemorate people who were on the opposite side of, of the Civil War. I mean, look at everybody who's entitled um, to remember, um, you know, the dead. And we certainly wouldn't criticise anybody who um, wants to, um, you know, mark the deaths of um, any um, free state soldiers during, um, during that time period. And that's not, that's not what commemorations should be about. Um, but... You know, the, the partition of the country and the, the signing of the treaty, we think, was a, an absolute disaster for Ireland. We think the Civil War was um, a travesty, really. Um, there was lots of wrongs committed on all sides. And, yeah, I suppose we don't think it would be it would be appropriate, um, you know, to remember. Uh, well, not to remember, but I suppose to commemorate and to celebrate um, sort of people who were um, involved in sort of cementing partition and, um, you know, the... The kind of uh, conservative um, state that existed for a long time after um, after the signing of the treaty. It doesn't have to be celebration or commemoration, or just even a reflection, and just to be there in, in solidarity now, a hundred years on, that the country can move on and into the future. That that seems to be the murmurs and, and, and the sound bites from Sinn Fein on a national level. Certainly, from things I've heard from Mary Lou Macdonald, uh, maybe not as, as straight up about it, but like we see the likes when 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 Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil 
became the one the one government there um, after the last general election. Leo Varadkar famously said that civil war politics has died. Obviously not, though, from a Sinn Féin point of view. Look, we respect, like I said, we respect the right of everybody to remember who they want to remember. What I'm, and, you know, we're quite happy to mark that and we're quite happy um, for the state to be involved in, in marking that as well. But Sinn Féin um, members won't. Well, Look, it's 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 something that look at any any individual Sinn Féin member uh, can choose to okay. um, you know go to those commemorations and celebrate who they want. Um, but I know that a lot of um, Republicans um, mightn't feel comfortable taking part in uh, I suppose celebrations um, of you know it was a very it was a very vicious time period, and, and yeah. I know certain Republicans wouldn't feel comfortable taking part in celebrations of certain things mm. um, that happened uh, during that time. But look at this is this is all this is all history. I mean, yeah. I don't think it's a I don't think it's really a, a particularly a live issue um, at the moment. You know, I think once people are enabled to you know um, commemorate the dead in a way that's respectful and in a way that's um, kind of that nobody is criticising anybody else for mm. um, for how they wish to mark um, any of the previous conflicts. Um, you know, I think that's fair enough. And we very much do have the mechanisms to move forward into the future. We just saw, as I was mentioned earlier on, overnight there, there's been, there seems to be progress made on that Northern Ireland protocol between the UK, the Irish and Northern Ireland executive. It seems like things might be able to, we might actually be able to get an executive up and running in Stormont very soon. Yeah, I really hope so, because it's, it's been some time now since we had um, an executive um, and I know, like, for example, at the last assembly election, um, a lot of Galway Sinn Féin members um, went up and helped out with that election. Um, and there was a lot of frustration uh, among people in, in the six counties um, that the DUP had pulled down the government, um, you know, over something that was um, out of the hands of the assembly. I mean, this is these issues are between the, the UK and the EU. Um, it's not really something that um, the assembly in the north could um, have any impact on so um, people were quite angry understandably that that meant that their you know healthcare services and other local services were going to suffer um, as a result I mean I suppose it remains to be seen um, whether what is agreed will be good enough for the DUP I really really hope it is um, because we need government back up and running um, in the north of Ireland um, and look at Sinn Féin are ready to go back in and, and work in government and work uh, for the benefit uh, of people, but I suppose time will tell. I mean, it remains to be seen if the DUP will be um, willing to, to even work under a Sinn Féin first minister. So um, we'll we'll see how that all pans out. Okay, we'll have to leave it there. Uh, Galway East Sinn Féin Rep. Louis O'Hara, thank you for joining us on Galway Talks. Thanks, John. Now, still to come on the programme, please get us uh, your opinions in because we're going next to roadworks in the Moycullen area and I've just got some words there that uh, this morning it seems to have been solved. Is that the case? Let us know. 086-383-3553. That's our text and WhatsApp number brought to you by Rational Scandinavian Windows, creating bespoke, modern and energy efficient Alucad windows and doors. We're going to Moycullen Bypass Roadworks after the break. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Now, you're very welcome back into today's programme. We're turning our attention to Moy Cullen Bypass Roadworks because we've been getting texts from a lot of our listeners lately 
that there has been absolute chaos there at rush hour in the morning in terms of extended journey times because of these roadworks. But to discuss this further, I'm delighted to say we'll be joined in a moment uh, by Fianna Fáil Councillor Noel Thomas and also by Galway Fine Gael Senator Sean Kine. Uh, the reason I, I stress their titles there, I'm after going to text in saying after we had Louis O'Hara on, my God, Galway Bay is becoming Radio Sinn Féin lately. So I'm glad to say we have it all balanced out now. <laughs> and I'm joined now by the two gentlemen, Councillor Noel Thomas and uh, Senator Sean Kine. You're very welcome on to the programme. Good morning, John. Councillor Noel Thomas, I'll go to you first. Uh, give us this update on the Moy Cullen Bypass Roadworks because I know there's been significant progress made this morning. There has indeed. And just before we start, John, if you don't mind, I'd just like to offer my condolences to Keith and all his family as well. Absolutely. On yeah. the loss of uh, his mother Mary and uh, Miss Weston Peace, God love her. But uh, yes, look, I have to say, uh, John, comparison to yesterday, I actually put a video up this morning on, on Facebook and the video shows my Cullen village at 8.15 this morning. And all roads on the crossroad in my column were completely free at that time. In comparison to yesterday, you had tailbacks of, I think it was over a kilometre and a half going towards Lukterard, uh, Roscahill area. And uh, it said chaos in, right throughout the whole village itself as well at that time. So the works that they've done this morning, I have to say, look, at first of all, fair play to Wills. I was out there this morning with uh, Keith Mann up there, engineer, from, the, from the, the very start of the morning at seven o'clock. And uh, Keith... I think he had a tough job because it's amazing the actual volume of traffic that's flowing through my Cullen village just at that peak hours from, from say, 7 o'clock in the morning until around about quarter past 8. It's, it's, it's non-stop flow all the time. And it's, it's a balancing act to try and get that right. So the way things were, were happening before, the flagmen were there and they were doing as good as they could. But obviously they couldn't see the whole way to my column village. So this time, as I said, Keith was there in my column village right beside the lights with myself. And he was relaying back to the flagmen to let them know when traffic started to back up. And that's really what made the difference. And uh, as I said, yeah, there was, I think, a really, really peak time seems to be in my column from... I think it's around quarter to eight until about quarter past eight. Now, that was incredibly difficult to try and keep balanced at that time. But and it, it actually, the traffic managed to back up as far as the lights on two occasions. But for the worst, worst time on that was around about, I think, maybe 90 seconds. So it, it stopped that, that prolonged backup from the lights back over towards Roscahill side as I said that causes all the problems if, if it's let if it's let uh, develop to that stage but it, it didn't this morning thankfully and everything was fantastic compared to how it was yesterday morning so you've got to admire Wills for the effort they're putting in on this to try and make things as, as, as good as possible yeah and uh, is there still a, a, an increased delay compared to before the roadworks commenced there there isn't really, John. Okay, okay, if we were going to say that, right? So what we'd say is, okay, we've been timing vehicles now all morning. So from, say, the forge in my column until they get to the first traffic lights at the, uh, at the where the works have started. And I think the max journey we were seeing there was maybe five, six minutes at the most. So if you're going to have a delay, that's what it is. It's about five or six minutes, really, comparison to what it was. So look, at the other side of the village, as I said, is where the big problem is if it backs up. That's from Moscow, hello, took to Ard. But I mean, the only way that's going to be solved is when the actual bypass is completed and the traffic can flow through freely. So, you know, there isn't much more that can be done in that case. But is it like, it's, it's, it's minimal delays at the moment. Now, there's one or two things that we have observed this morning. And 
it's first of all the flagmen are telling us at the at the lights coming from my column village when they get to the lights that there's, there's breaks between uh some of the vehicles when they're traveling so you could have maybe 30 40 meter gap like so if just highlighting to people if they could try and keep pushing it on as much as they can and now it's not always driver's fault because like what we have noticed as well is you've got a huge amount of school buses passing through at that time as well john and obviously the school buses have to stop on the road to pick up the kids that are there waiting for them so that can start a little bit of a tailback as well you know right in the middle of the peak traffic flow but it's it's that's unavoidable as i said to you like that them sort of delays are always there but it's just to try and keep things moving as 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 fast as possible but on the other side then it's just for drivers to be to be careful as well because we have seen this morning as well where school buses have stopped and then you have drivers like and i know it's hard to blame drivers for being impatient when, when they're causing gridlock like that as well but but overtaking the bus and and heading towards on, oncoming traffic like this just just be careful out there is all i'd say and the other side of that is then coming the only way the only way possible this can work and continue to be successful is that we're going to have to have slightly longer delays for that hour period in the morning coming out from Galway City towards my column. So if you're traveling from Galway City out to my column village or past Don to Thread or wherever, at between the hours of seven and probably maybe eight fifteen or eight thirty, whatever, like just allow for the fact that you may have to wait there in traffic for a period of, of up to up to about 15 minutes. Mm. Because if we don't allow that period of time to go through, it would be impossible to keep the traffic cleared from the from the McCullen side of, of the roadworks. And as I said, the consequences of not keeping that flowing are really detrimental because as I said it just causes serious delays then further back the line. Yeah. Okay, we'll bring in uh, Fine Gael Senator Sean Kine uh, uh, now, because, uh, Sean, just give us your reaction to the situation here. I suppose the dogs in the street would have known that this was going to happen, so I suppose disappointing it didn't happen from the get-go here. Well, good morning, uh, John. Good morning to your uh, listeners, and uh, I'd like to join with uh, Noel in, in expressing sympathies to Keith and, and the Finnegan family. Um, look, Noel has outlined the issues uh, there, uh, and I agree with uh, all that he has said. Um, I put out a statement yesterday morning, um, I suppose, uh, in response to the issues uh, that took place over the weekend, where I suppose uh, there was a, a level of traffic that maybe wasn't uh, wasn't expected. And uh, from next weekend, certainly, there will be flagmen on, uh, on Saturday and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, to ensure that there, we don't have the weekend tailbacks that we had uh, last uh, last weekend. In relation to the delays, look, I mean, it, th- there is certainly uh, frustration, uh, but the uh, actions that have been taken um, by Wills uh, certainly improved the situation today. Uh, I think um, it has resulted in maybe 15-minute run-throughs, we would say, of traffic coming from the Octorard, um, Killannan, um, side through the lights uh, and down without uh, without stopping, and that's 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 at the peak times, and they're monitoring these situations. Um, it, it does result in delays, obviously, from the side coming from Galway into my column, and that's unavoidable because we just have to ensure that there is a flow of traffic into Galway, Galway City for people going to work and and, and university and everything else. Uh, so it's much better today than it was yesterday. I'd like to acknowledge the work uh, of Wills and the communication that they've had. They did respond uh, when I, and I'm sure others, contacted them in relation to the problems over the weekend and the problems uh, yesterday morning as well. So flagmen were out there at 7 o'clock uh, this morning. Um, there, as I said, Keith was out there this morning as well in relation to monitoring what's happening at the lights. And obviously, if you have the lights backed up as they were yesterday morning, you, you, it means that 
cars cannot come through from the uh, Roscaa look right side. Uh, so that's resulting in frustration, resulting in long tailback. So it's ensure that the traffic lights can only can only work if there is a space in front of them. Uh, what I'd also like to say, just on, on broader points in relation to 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 this, um, th- there is a need for additional buses, um, and um, I know the NTA. Uh, have applications in or license applications in from City Direct for additional services and also they have asked Bus Aaron to um, provide updates in relation to where they think there was peak demand uh, and what additional services they can require. I could also say just in relation to the Greenway route corridor that's unfortunately delayed again and it's now likely to be at the end of April before that route will be published but that would be a game changer in terms of allowing uh, additional commuting as well for people from my Cullen Clan of Gerard into Galway City particularly for university students and for people that might work in the city centre and the hospital university. I suppose important to say as well, although there is frustration at the moment, Senator Kine, there is an end game here and there will be benefits down the line. Absolutely. I think, you know, people will be surprised to hear and, you know, just in relation to the level of actual traffic that there is coming through my column. And this will be a game changer once the actual bypass itself is built uh, and that opens in um, August, September. And, you know, if you look at the timing of this, this walk here, I think this is, this is the right time of year to do it because it is, because it is one of the quieter times. I mean, it's, it's, it's before St. Patrick's, it's before the Easter holidays, it's before the tourist season starts, it's before leaving Cert Junior, Cert University exams where people would be, you'd have, you'd have added frustration and, and, and upset and stress uh, if walks were to take place that time uh, in terms of the tie-in from the, of, the, of the bypass uh, to the existing in 59. So once this walk is done at Clyde, the, the walks will move to the other side of the village to the Drumcong side. Uh, I understand they'll be able to maintain two-way traffic there for a longer period because there's more room, uh, but that will also involve eventually uh, lane closures and, and, and excavation and, um, you know, uh, all of that. So I said this has to be done, but the, the ultimate prize here as of, as of that, that is the opening of the bypass in August, September. It'll be a game changer, not just for my column, to make my column, um, you know, a quieter, safer place and it'll allow for all the extra... Um, uh, you know, whether it be public public realm, um, whether it be active travel measures within the uh, village centre, whether it be footpaths and lighting out um, from Sweeney's petrol station out the way, uh, whether it be um, wider footpaths coming into my column, whether it be pedestrian crossings, all of those things that are needed once that road is downgraded from a national road down to a uh, county road. So that's the that's the that's the division, if you like, uh, for my column. It'll also be so important, particularly in the evenings coming home. Uh, for, for, for traffic, whether it be in Newtown, uh, Clunabinia, um, Killannan, Uchtarard, Recess and onwards. It'll make such a difference coming home in the evening. Um, it'll, it, it'll mean the first, uh, I suppose, delays that people might hit uh, will be coming in to uh, Killannan where there'll be a reduced speed limit and people will be asked to, to, to obey those speed limits uh, and, um, and that. So I think this will be hugely beneficial for my column, but also the general area and indeed all of Connemara. Absolutely, we'll have to leave it there. Um, Senator Sean Kine and also Councillor uh, Noel Thomas, thank you indeed for joining us on Galway Talks uh, this morning as well. I'm afraid some people mightn't have had their weed tricks this morning. If I'm annoying both sides, I must be doing something right. I have one uh, text in here saying, thanks for giving us the pleasure of listening to some well-spoken Sinn Féin members on Galway Bay. Up to this year, for years it was mainly Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, Independence and Greens. Nice to see regardless. And then on the other end, I have, have Sinn Féin bought a stake in Galway Bay FM? Now, something is not adding up there altogether. I don't know. I don't know what I can say. 
Anyways, though, to take us up to the top of the hour, we have a nice piece of music here for you. If I can find it, I think I can. It's the Cranberries. association with Tesco. Click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. 